You're listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts. Hi, this is Caitlin Martin. I'm Towner French. This is Patrick Martin. This is Mark Alderman. This is Howard Schweitzer. Mark, Towner, Caitlin, we're back. And we're scattered around the country or, or scattering. I am uh, off to New Orleans for the weekend, for Parents Weekend, where I got the the call yesterday from my daughter asking me what kind of alcohol I would like her to have for me this weekend. <laughs> oh, I remember that first call. <laughs> yeah, so I got a long weekend ahead of me, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Um, cups, uh, practicing. <laughs> Mark, I'm guessing that uh, Chloe and B have not asked you what kind of alcohol you want this weekend up in not, Brooklyn. Not but yet, but it, it's early. It's only 11. Okay. okay. Yep. Maybe if you go to Marblehead, they'll, uh, yeah. you know, Clarence, Sophie are getting, getting well, ready to ask. Well, we may make uh, an appearance, by the way, uh, on this podcast. So when I'm doing the rope-a-dope and then when I get tired, she's taking my seat. Okay. Very good. So... Here's what we're going to talk about today. You know, Mark, the infrastructure it's finally. All, it's always bad when you start with my name. Definitely. <laughs> bad for you. So last week, the House passed the infrastructure bill finally. Not a moment too late, I think. I don't know how to say it. It was late. Not a moment it, too early. It, it, it was yeah. uh strange the way it all unfolded build back better i guess they're they have cbo scoring the pack the congressional budget office scoring the package before they're they're taking it to to the house floor but inflation is is rearing its head um it's it seems to be high class problem how right it seems to be dominating caitlin the agenda or the media from an economic point of view, you know, Mark, everybody I talk to on both sides of the aisle, in and out of government, not in the administration, given what I'm about to put on the table, but there are a lot of competence questions um, that are being asked. And, you know, some of it, I, I don't think people cast their votes earlier this month on the basis of Afghanistan, but you know, Afghanistan, Delta, inflation, supply chain. Some of these are Biden's fault. Some are not. But what's your view as a loyal Democrat on the state of the Biden administration? And how's he doing 10 months in, 11 months in? Well, thank you for that question. <laughs> but let, let me just begin by thanking the three Republicans uh, on the screen here for passing the bipartisan infrastructure package, since without Republican votes with the squad going off the reservation, uh, we wouldn't have even gotten that done. So Mark, I, appreciate- I just want to remind you, only one of us actually worked for Barack Obama, and that was me. So be careful with Fair your enough. labels. But, but keep going. Fair enough. Uh, so Biden world is not doing well. You don't, you don't need me to tell you that. Those problems that 
you mentioned are piling up and there doesn't seem to be energy and inspiration in attacking them. I think substantively, the administration is on course with what it came to Washington to do. But there's no question that that viscerally and aesthetically and politically, for that matter, there there's just not energy and inspiration from the top. I am hoping that we're at the bottom. This has happened to other presidents. You go up, you go down, you go up again. But they're going to have to really pull it together in January. Nothing's going to get better between now and then. December is going to be sausage making that nobody wants to watch. And and we're going to have inflation and gas prices and COVID for the holidays. So they are regrouping and, and the country needs the president to, to stand taller starting in January. Yeah, I mean... Caitlin, give me your perspective. Look, I think, and I I was just re-listening to the podcast you did last week that I missed and thought it was an excellent conversation. I'm still doing my Virginia went red dance. But um, I think that what happened last week was a very clear determination of, of where America thinks this administration is going. Yes, Mark, you're absolutely right. It took 13 House Republicans to hand Speaker Pelosi and the Biden administration a win. And I think that that doesn't bode well for what's happening next with Build Back Better. I think that Democrat, the Democratic Party is in complete disarray. We're not seeing energy from the top from President Biden. He seems to struggle to, you know, stay awake half the time. And there's, there's, Americans are feeling, are feeling, uh, feeling the, the stress. You know, gas prices in some parts of the country are over four dollars a gallon. I was just reading this morning that California is only, I think, three cents short of the their highest gas prices in history, um, which is was back in, I think, 2008, 2009. Energy prices are up 25%. We're headed into the holidays, as Howard mentioned, and things are things are not looking great. And, and there's no Trump to blame anymore for any of these problems. Well, we could disagree on that, but but it's not my turn. It, it's, it's Professor French's turn. Well, I, I don't know that this is professorial uh, in any way, shape or form. It's just my opinions. But we're in a it goes around, comes around sort of moment. You know, Trump didn't didn't create the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, and he certainly uh, many in his administration, uh, albeit uh, without probably Trump's backing, were, were trying like heck uh, to to, you know, put it out to save Americans uh, and address uh, the pandemic. Biden comes into office promising everything's going to get better as soon as he comes into office. And it's just it wasn't everything gets worse. Well, you know, and some of that is not his fault in any way, shape or form. Inflation is inflation. Uh, You know, when the Fed gets caught off guard with the rise in inflation, when the EU gets caught off guard with the rise in inflation, you know, it's not like Biden should have been able to see it, whereas all the economists didn't see it happening. But the, the problem is 
the inflexibility, the unwillingness to move off of what was determined to be the agenda coming in when he was inaugurated on January 20th. And so now what we have is uh, a lot of folks, including uh, Senator Manchin, who cares, uh, who matters more than anybody else uh, in this in this regard, uh, saying, look, you know, we got some serious problems with inflation that we got to address. And passing a Build Back Better Act is not necessarily the way to do it or we should think about doing different things. Um, But instead of taking a holistic look at what the administration is doing, what policies are being promoted, and maybe moving in different directions to address the current crises that are affecting Americans, they're just saying, no, 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 no. We just got to keep on the course and everything's going to be fine. And to a certain extent, they're right, because these economic issues, supply chain issues, inflation, were not the cause of not either the Trump or the or the Biden administration. Uh, and for the most part, they're not going to be solved by the Biden administration because it's an economic question that just yeah. needs to work its way That's out. That's true, the but there's, uh, but I think so, a lot of it is policy driven. And, and I blame both sides of the aisle. I mean, there's too much money sloshing around in the system. I've been saying that for six months, Mark. Um, there's too much money sloshing around. We didn't need these massive additional packages. I'm not, I exclude infrastructure from that because that's hard infrastructure that the country sorely needs. And it's, and and I think it's, it's, that's not going to be a driver of inflation because it's longer term, but we put too much money out into the system. We disincentivize people from working. I mean, there's no doubt that I talked to somebody the other day who's a restaurant owner in upstate New York and they couldn't hire people because it made more sense to sit at home and collect unemployment than it But not anymore, but not anymore. Uh, Whether that was true or not when the enhanced unemployment benefits were online, they're they're done. And that is no longer a reason that people are, are staying home. And I think the inflexibility point Towner is is unfair. Uh, the The president went to Capitol Hill with a wish list of three trillion dollars, and it is cut in half, and and is going to be cut some more with the inflation concern. So he's he's moving. It's just that nothing gets done in an inspiring way. I, there there was a great success last week at the uh, COP26 meeting in, in Glasgow. We are back in business with the rest of the world, China being the, the, an asterisk, uh, addressing climate. But but they didn't roll it out with any fanfare and, and we're getting no credit for it. Yeah. I think the- uh, The last I time you did fanfare was Obama uh, during his first inauguration in the Coliseum that was, you know, Mile High Stadium, telling us he alone was going to prevent the oceans from rising. No, no, no. So, well, that was not that. That of course was not good. the inauguration. That was the convention. But he got a little carried away. He did. It was Mark, I don't think I disagree. I don't think. I mean, not, look. Obviously, the president. Uh, what the president says, inspirationally. Um, sets a tone and it matters, but there's frankly, there's some basic blocking and tackling that hasn't gone on here. Look at the FDA, just, I'm going to pick an agency. 
the Food and Drug Administration. There's this like minor crisis going on called COVID. It's November of 2021, and there is still an acting head of the FDA. That is unacceptable. They haven't filled jobs. They are months behind every other administration in recent memory during a time of national crisis. It's unacceptable. They haven't filled jobs. If you don't fill jobs, you can't get the job done. And it's not just what the president is saying out on the stump or not saying. They have failed to set up the infrastructure that you need to actually execute what the government is supposed to do. I thought you were going to go a different direction with that, Howard, and say, Mark, do you really believe that regular Americans are sitting around the table right now with inflation at 6.2% and dishwashers washers and couches that they can't get delivered for six, seven, eight months, thinking about what's happening with the billionaires hobnobbing with Leonardo DiCaprio in Glasgow? <laughs> that's the excellent talking point, Caitlin. And I'm sure that's original to you since you are... The, the champion of uh, Republican talking points. So very well done. And yes, I do think that people actually care about climate. And I do think that people are actually- I'm not caring about climate. It's about people, not the people that decide elections. People want the country re-engaged with the world on climate, and that's where we are. And that may or may not have have swung a single vote a, a week ago Tuesday, but that is something. The appointments are very disappointing. I agree. They're very disappointing. Although David L. Cohen got confirmed as ambassador to Canada, so I give yeah, the administration which, a shout out we, for that. We We love David, but that is... That's a ceremonial position. There, there's a perfect example. Ambassadors are ambassadors are symbolically important. They don't actually well, do anything. We can't, we can't no. get Vicki Kennedy or Caroline Kennedy confirmed. The, the Kennedy magic has finally worn off. They don't actually do any. They're not actually what makes the engine of government go. The appointments. And, well, we're doing well with judges. Not well filling the FDA, and and I, you know, I agree that judges don't make the government go. That's another branch of government. The appointments are disappointing, and they got to do better. They got to regroup, and they got to do better. And I'm just being realistic in saying that the next six weeks are not. We're going to have the same podcast for six weeks if this is all we talk about. Listen, listen. I remember being inside the Treasury building, transitioning from Bush to Obama. And it was very challenging for the Obama folks. I'll never forget, I won't name names, but we're we're seated around the secretary's conference table. And one of the new appointees who was supposed to be kind of taking over and, and driving the tarp put his head in his hands halfway through the meeting and said, whatever you guys think, just just make it happen. Because at the beginning of an administration, it's really hard in the first couple of months to wrap your arms around what you're trying to deal with. You can't just walk in and deal with it. There's a big difference between March and November. And there, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been in this. This transition was much, much more turbulent 
been I, I've been in the, I've been in those chairs during and, a time of crisis yeah, at the time yeah. of a transition, and it is it is hard, um, but it is not impossible. And this administration is making it impossible for itself through self-inflicted wounds, litmus tests that are being taken to an extreme. Um, They're just not, they're not executing. And they call it the executive branch for a reason. And it's not that hard. And no one's rooting for them more than I am. Like I voted for the guy. I believe he was the right choice. I want him to succeed. I don't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, everybody on this Zoom, whether you love him or you don't, everybody wants the president of the United States to succeed. These are self-inflicted wounds. So I'm, I'm going to ask you in a minute what God, the administration should do about it. But I first want to say I agree the uh, Bush to Obama transition was a work of art. And your your boss, Secretary Geithner, I thought handled it brilliantly because one day in the transition office, <laughs> he taught me how to use the vending machine. So as far as I'm right. concerned, Tim Geithner carried that transition on his you, shoulder. You were on that side of it. I was on the inside of it. And it... It was yeah. a heck of well, a lot better vending, than this one. Are there vending machines at Treasury? Did did you need any help with us? Uh, no, no, no vending so machines Howard, at what, Treasury. Tell what what should we tell the president to do? Let's get the president. Let's have Steve get the president on the phone. And our our loyal, uh, the trusted founder, Steve Cozen, yeah. long time. I'll set up the call. What are you going to tell the president? I mean, what I would tell the president is I've I've said it, you know, you gotta, you gotta be filling jobs. You have to get competent people into jobs on the basis of their experience. And if you, and if you can't fill them from without fill spots from within, you know, you've got places that are more important than others detail in the best and the brightest from around government, the people that can add just like we did at treasury, the people that can execute, that can actually get stuff done, you know, from a communication point of view. And this goes to what you were saying earlier, communicate clearly. And, you know, part of what's going on, I think is the country was sold a narrative that I'm not going to be a Republican president or a democratic president. I'm going to be the American president or whatever his talking point was. I'm going to represent all Americans and because the Democrats have been so caught up in fighting with one another, you know, he's not. That's you can't be the president of all of America no, when you can't even get your own party in order. So I, well, I think the, the infrastructure package is what was promised. That was done in a bipartisan manner, although Mitch McConnell won't go completely mishandled. Right. Completely but, mishandled from a messaging point of view. No question. It could have been more to... of a bipartisan win had the House passed it 
you know, within a couple right of away. days of the Senate oh sending God. it over, as opposed to this back and it's, forth, it's, will we get a vote? Will we not get a vote? Is this BBB? Well, Is it tied together? Which goes first? It, it will be the law of the land when he signs it on Monday. It's a very important piece of once in a generation <laughs> legislation. And he is getting no bang for the trillion bucks that are being spent because I couldn't agree more. The messaging is abysmal. The, the, the narrative became, are they going to vote or are they not going to vote rather than what's actually in this bill? Well, and again, the only reason we're... Ha- the I only would drop, reason we're having a signing ceremony on Monday is because 13 House Republicans voted well, in support of that think, bill. I, I thank you. Well, it's I, bipartisan. Mark, drop, drop David, build back do better. Want, drop. Do you want the infrastructure czar job? I think, you know, I think I, I think I could help allocate those funds in an adequate manner and ensure that they I'm, get where I'm, they need to go. Caitlin I would join the Biden administration for that. Mark, drop build back better. Drop Bill Black better. Stop being legislator in chief and start being the chief executive. The president. Yesterday, he, he went to Arlington and said, this is the first time in a long time that a president is standing here with, you know, no wars going on. That's a bunch of BS. We have troops overseas. We have troops in harm's way. We have troops in Syria. Like, stop. Just stop well, saying stuff. That people, it's it's off message. It's wrong. Be a leader. Stop trying to be legislator in chief and start, you know, with your tight with tight messaging. And that's that's what and, and fill jobs. And I think that that's what I would say. Well, you're you're getting no argument here that the country would be better off if the administration were communicating better and were better staff. And they know it and and they're working on it. I think the thing that that was not his fault that has really knocked them off whatever game they were on is the comeback of COVID. The resurgence of COVID, we talked about this last week, you know, Terry McAuliffe would be governor of uh, Virginia again if COVID had been handled better in the public schools in a couple of counties. Mark, do you think he should have gone out and said mission accomplished at the beginning of the summer? You don't think that epidemiologists could see the Delta wave coming? No, he shouldn't have. That's what I'm saying. I okay, think so it, that it, is his fault. Well, That's no, he, 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 he didn't cause didn't the Delta. design the Delta variant. No, but that was actually he, nature. He he let. Well, and, I don't know that it's nature, but having having had it, I'm not sure that it would, uh, it would be really nice if we could nature. get a clear answer on that, wouldn't it? <laughs> Yeah, but let, let's let wait. Caitlin has a talking point on the Wuhan lab, and, oh, and I'm with her. He's weaponizing the virus. Well, I just uh, like to get to the bottom of where the hell this thing started. Yeah. Sorry, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I would too. That's and it. I don't think I don't I don't believe. What do I know? I don't believe I the Chinese it, weaponized it, but I also don't believe that it was man-made. That it was uh, manu- That it was natural. Anyway, go ahead. No, 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 no. The mutation of the virus into the Delta variant happened. Mark, by but could he the have Chinese seen that? Should he have not, seen that coming? Should he have seen that coming? How, and how important is the messaging 
as a component of managing the public health crisis. Of course, he didn't cause the Delta wave. But and does he the know Delta what's going on in his own White House? Had the Delta wave not come, but it did. Entirely, I I appreciate. And he's the president. That. I'm agreeing with you. I'm trying to explain why we are where we are. And there's no question that the messaging, look at what happened with the boosters. He came out and said, everybody go get a booster a month before the FDA was ready to approve the third shot for certain exactly. Americans. Exactly. Which is yeah. ham handed. I couldn't even tell. I still can't tell you exactly what the booster policy is. No clue. And, and, that's no, just that's not, you, can, you can go read it on the uh, website. That's just ham handed management from a public health messaging perspective of a global pandemic. And Agreed. look, I will take Biden over Trump on this every day of the week and twice on Sunday, as they say. But, you know, it, it, but he could but he sold us on being better. On, and he's better, but well, on confidence, pulling no. us out of this. And it's extremely disappointing to see. And, and Mark, on the legislative side, if I could go back to that for a second, you know, he decided he should have a transformational presidency. But you're talking about a guy who spent basically his entire adult life, his entire adult life in Washington and his, most of his adult life in the United States Congress. He has a 50-50 Senate and a three-vote majority in the House. He he's everything that's happened legislatively was foreseeable. And he shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have decided that he he bit off more than he could chew. Because of what look at what's happened. It's not he's not dropping build back better. It may get know, pared but, down some more. But those are that bill. Look at climate. Mike Bloomberg, uh, who is uh, a not a Republican before he was a Democrat, before he was an independent. But but he yesterday said that we had to suck it up and pass that bill because of the climate provisions. There's there is money in there that Americans want the climate bill. I was Do just going to say they should, they should pare it down to what everybody wants and they should get it done with 50 votes if they have to. They're not getting it done with, uh, with Counter, 60. Jump the in. problem is they're not getting 50 votes on a climate bill because Joe Manchin will never give them the 50th vote on a climate bill. And the problem that they're facing right now is that all of a sudden, uh, you know, two days ago, Joe Manchin came out uh, opposed to some of the electric vehicle uh, tax credits. If you buy an electric vehicle that was made with union labor, you get a higher uh, rebate than you do if, if your vehicle is not made with union labor. He came out opposed to that uh, difference. Manchin is chipping away at this package still. And the progressives, you can see, you can just feel them getting mad because they just rolled. They rolled over and they voted for the bipartisan infrastructure bill when they were well, not, all of, not all of them. Not yes, well, all of them. Did. Everybody except for six, and they voted, but they voted for it. They gave enough votes. But vote seriously, for sure. you know, and this is, Towner, you and I enjoy our political science discussions. What 
what kind of a system is it where a guy who got elected to the Senate from West Virginia with a couple of votes, since very few people live there, is running the country? It's a representative it's, democracy, it's, Mark. It's, it's the way this nation was set up. It's the way <laughs> no, the founders founded Mark, this nation. And uh, the way do, our Constitution do you want to rework Congress? Mark, you're going to go back to Common Law 101. Yeah, I, I like Joe Manchin. I like Joe Manchin. I would rather that the red, red, red West Virginia elect a Republican and Mitch McConnell be the majority leader. So I think you should probably count your blessings that you have a Joe Manchin and it's 50-50 and Schumer's the majority leader right now. Should I say a uh, public prayer here? Uh, <laughs> is that- I think so, actually. Like, look, we have to deal with climate change and it's sad that- Congress can't get its act together to deal with it, but we have a representative democracy and this is, we are where we are. You know, if you, if you, if you want to. And that's why the president is working on it. And let's, and, let's see where we get, you got yeah, Mark, But you know, next year, just to put this out there, this, the, the Democrats have a significant numerical advantage in terms of geographic advantage in terms of the Senate. Especially now that uh, our friend Kristen Nunu in New Hampshire decided he will not be running. Right. And that Trump, Senate Trump seat. really dealt us a way. blow this week. Yeah. There are 50% more, more Republican, currently Republican held seats that are up next year than Democrat right. held seats. Right. And the Democrats are worried about losing control of the Senate. I mean, if like, why aren't, why are we playing? Like, why are we playing? Why aren't we, why aren't they playing long ball? Why aren't they playing for the long term? And, and okay, you can't get a climate bill done, or you can only get so much done. You can't get the sticks. You can only get some of the carrots. Like, okay, take what you can get. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Stabilize the country because God knows we needed it after the last guy. And and let's get to a better place. And yeah, not everything, uh, just like George W. Bush didn't cause 9-11. Joe Biden didn't cause the Delta wave, but that's the hand he was dealt. And you got to play the hand you're dealt. And, but you have to have a team that, uh, to do it. There, dealt, dealt the Delta yeah. variant. That was, you were working on a pun. I could feel it. I was. I this was, is I the was. part of the program. Towner has mapped the ebb and flow of these podcasts when it's three on one. I Three on two would be better entertainment, I think, for the audience. But this is the part of the program where I just give up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Mark. The audience inside. The Panthers. Who watched a great, great football game last night? The Cozen O'Connor listening audience enjoys us beating up on you. Yes, they do. You're the, you're the girl pressure going this morning. But really, what this I'm is. I'm giving been a shout out today. to Kevin Washoe if he's listening. Great job by the Pitt Panthers last night. There you go. But really what this podcast has been about, Caitlin, has been mommy and daddy fighting, has been Mark and Howard fighting against <laughs> each other about how to set up an administration. That has been the defining. And apparently an entirely new democracy as well, Tanner. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you can call it that. You never know. Okay. Well, spirited as always, speaking of college football, I'm 
off to see the one and eight Tulane Green <laughs> Wave play this weekend? It's not much of a wave. Where's Michigan this weekend? Where is Michigan this weekend? Uh, Michigan would be at uh, Happy Valley. Ooh. Oh, okay. Good Quite game. the tussle. Quite the tussle. Anyway, I have my tequila waiting for me in New Orleans, I guess. <laughs> Better I'm be told. Casamigos. Yeah. Casamigos, I'm told. I'm thinking they probably didn't go top shelf for uh, thinking yeah. the college kids probably didn't go top shelf, Caitlin. But no, you're going to have a headache. That is for sure. Yeah. Like, where about no gold it is? Yeah. yeah. So Jake and I will, uh, Jake said he has his fake ID ready and. 11 oh, going on 22 and you know, a little we're gonna stretch. Go, we're going to go ahead. Yeah. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, Howard, when do I start giving Duke basketball updates during this podcast? Since they had a we're great, into my great start the other night. Yeah. Not when Stuart Shorenstein is on. How right. about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Right. That's fair. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Thank you for listening. As always, we will be back next week and Towner, Caitlin, Mark, have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Please subscribe to our podcast so our episodes are automatically sent to you when they are released. The Beltway Briefing podcast has been produced by Hometown Podcasts and Audio, Washington, D.C.